What's up, everybody? Welcome in to a historical record <laughs> broken against the Spurs edition of SSPN. Um, obviously, the, really the story of this game. Look at this. My lights just went out at the Ethan. I, I can't believe this. Do you, do you see this? I did see that, yeah. This is this is just an omen for the type of night that it was. <laughs> I, would, I would go fix it, but I guess you guys can still kind of see me right now. Um, and to be honest, it kind of fits the ominous mood of what it was like watching the Spurs defense against Joel Embiid tonight, Ethan. Um, I could go in. We'll, we'll go through the game flow, and we'll go on, you know, go through all the little details um, but at the same time, really, the story does kind of start and end with Joel Embiid having 70. Yeah, if the game plan defensively going into this game was let's just stop everybody else and let Joel Embiid do what he does, and if he beats us, he beats us. If that was the game plan, that we succeeded. Uh, but unfortunately, he had 70 points. And really, the only silver lining to that number is it was still less than David Robinson's record at 71. So he's not quite as good as the Admiral Jude. That's a real sinner right there. A real what? A real sinner. Oh, I thought you said sinner. S-I-N-N-E. Oh, no, 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 no. Quite the contrary. That's the no, best people time. That's not what I meant. Center, my center. bad. Yes, Thank center. you for the enunciation. Yes, of course, of course. Yeah, but uh, it, it was definitely difficult to watch him, like you said before this started, spam. It felt like the same mid-range jumper over and over and over again. But if you're going to be that efficient, if you're going to be that physical and that dominant, um, more power to you. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself. We were kind of talking about it pre-game. Uh, obviously, or excuse me, not pre-game, but pre-stream. Um, and obviously, you know, as much as it was frustrating for us Spurs fans who were like, you're just spamming these little jumpers on Sohan, who's having to guard you now because Wemby has five fouls, and then <laughs> Zach Collins can't do anything against you either. Um, but at the end of the day, it it really, you know, all credit to him, and um, you know, uh, broke a team record, broke a Wilt Chamberlain record. But I believe Ethan Wilt was also the one to score a hundred, right? Correct. So he didn't. He didn't. You know, he topped his he topped his uh, his Sixers record against a bottom tier team. You know, didn't didn't get the big one. No, of all the, I mean, there's there's many Wilt Wilt Chamberlain records you can break. So he did not get the big one. <laughs> you know, to be honest, it wouldn't surprise me if he he maybe broke some others before his career's over. So as much yeah. as I'm being a petty Spurs fan with that comment, really, um, you know, an incredible performance from Joel Embiid. Yeah, for sure. But let's get into this game flow, Ethan, because as much as that was the story tonight, um. There actually were, were some good things that we saw from this team, For um, sure. especially in the first half. You'll see we won uh, both of the first or no, 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 I'm wrong there. We lost the second quarter, but did win the first quarter. We're competitive um, in that second quarter for most of the first half. And really, I mean, did hang around um, until the end as much as it did kind of start to feel um, out of reach. Uh, kind of, you could even say it kind of felt like that a little bit late in the third quarter. Um, but it really kind of got cemented, you know, at the, at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Um, but because of the way that they were trying to force feed the ball to Embiid, um, mm -hmm. that created some turnovers, allowed us to get some buckets. We even cut it to single digits at one point. Um, but still it, it did kind of feel out of reach, but with all of that being said, Ethan, we'll, we'll get into it. Um, we were even kind of texting about it during the game. There were some things that we saw that that were solid tonight, um, and I think an improvement, at least intensity-wise, 
um, from the Wizards game. Um, but once again, we'll, we'll get into the defensive deficiencies, which were very prevalent tonight uh, against one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference and the best teams in the NBA. Yeah. Uh, do you just want to jump into that first quarter yes. real quick? Yes. I didn't, I didn't do that as eloquently, but I, the last episode I was starting off with a lot yeah. of the, <laughs> reading my notes. So I wanted to dish it to you this time because I feel I like I might, I might take a lot. <laughs> no, no worries. No worries at all. Um, I mean, you set it up nicely. We, we started off really well. Uh, we were attacking the rim. We were kicking out. Our three-point shots were falling. We started four for four. Uh, Devin Vassell was cooking. Victor Wimbanyama hit two back-to-back, I think. And one was like a walk-up three at the top of the key. Uh, big confidence. Um, the Sixers upped the defensive pressure. Blake stole and or excuse me. They upped the defensive pressure. Batum was able to steal a bad entry pass, get an easy dunk, and tie it up at 16-16. Timeout spurs. Now, from that point forward, we like you said, we weren't out of it. And really for the rest of the first quarter, we were still competitive. But you could just start to see kind of the pendulum swing a little bit back into the Sixers' favor. Um, and I literally wrote this down, and I'm a uh, an oracle, Jude. I put, we won't be able to stop Joel Embiid down low. Because, <laughs> I mean, he set it up pretty quick. I mean, he cleared out an entire side of the court single-handedly without fouling and was able to get an and one uh, in that first quarter. We were giving up too many extra possessions, couldn't grab defensive rebounds. Um, our our, our half-court offense from the bench unit was pretty solid. Blake was making the right pass. Doug was shooting well. Zach Collins was able to facilitate. Uh, but I think you could still see the writing on the wall, which was nobody on our personnel team is going to stop Joel Embiid when he really wants to score because he wasn't even being that – aggressive in the first quarter like he was still looking for his teammates a lot and settling for outside jumpers he hadn't even gotten into the low block yet yeah yeah you know (laughs) i had that written down in the first quarter as well ethan um i'll read you what i had written uh so a three for three start from three on our first three shots i know that's a lot of threes there but that was Mm -hmm. that was good to see um one thing and I didn't see this throughout the rest of the game um but there was a nice Devin Wemby pick and roll where yeah. uh Devin was the screener. I've seen him become better as a, a screen a screener as the season's gone on and that's even on a screen and roll or or a screen and um a, a pick and pop if you will. Um we had a 14 to 5 start um and Sorry, I I was I misread my notes there for a oh, second. We had a we had a fourteen to five start, um, and I'm not sure what I'm trying to say here. Okay, here we go. Aside from Wemby's threes, because he had those two threes that you mentioned, we had a lot of penetration that created open threes for other guys, and also some driving lanes. Mm-hmm. Um, but after that timeout, Ethan, similar to the timeout that we had in the Wizards game on the last game that we covered, uh, Philadelphia went on an eleven two run after that timeout. Um, we had we did have a five from five start from three that was broken by Zach Collins. Um, we'll get into how he played tonight. This was definitely not one of his best games of the season. Um, but Devin was on fire throughout that run. He was able to kind of help us, you know, end up winning this quarter, even if it was by just a point. Um, and here's what I had written down, similar to to what you had. I said no no answer for Embiid without Wemby. Um, and, and Wemby, it wasn't even necessarily like an answer. It was more just like, okay, he's going to be able to like maybe force him to miss a couple, miss a shot every couple possessions where 
with anybody else who was guarding him, it was just easy pickings and almost a guaranteed bucket. Um, and then at the end of the game, we had Blake Wesley, Doug McDermott, or not the end of the game, the end of the quarter. Yeah, Blake, Blake Wesley, Doug McDermott, Keldon Johnson, um, Shetty, and Zach. As much as there were a lot of defensive deficiencies in that lineup, um, I did like the offense from what I saw there from the bench unit, kind of like you mentioned. Yeah, I had something I wanted to mention there, and I completely just mind blanked on it. <laughs> well, I almost, I kind of blanked there trying to figure out my own notes, so don't feel too bad about it. Um, I do want to address something in the comments here before we get to the second quarter, Ethan, um, because I saw our man July 26th mm. said, how is Jones injury looking? And Gorilla also says that most likely no tray for the OKC game. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. We'll probably have to wait and see what Pop says in the press conference, which is probably going on as we speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but that did not look like a good injury for Trey at the end of the game. Looks like an ankle. I don't think it's anything super serious, you know, like a season-ending injury or anything, but I think that's something that could keep him out for a couple of weeks, kind of like the ankle injury that we just saw from Zach. Yeah, probably. My question would be, what do we then revert to in the starting lineup? Do we go back to what we know with Jeremy back at point guard, or do we try and elevate Blake Wesley, who has been playing well, and we can get into him later. Um, but I felt like tonight was just another step in the right direction for him. So it would be interesting. Uh, or do we bring Malachi back, since he technically has starting point guard experience there? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how we play that. Um I don't, I don't, I, I, if I had to guess, I would probably say we, we move Blake up and then give Malachi the backup minutes. That's, that's probably, what that's what I would say. Um, but you know, maybe we throw the point Sohan lineup out there again. I don't think that that would be the most, um, surprising thing if we ended up doing that and kind of kept Blake off the bench too. Agreed. That would be my backup choice as well. But we'll have to see. We'll have to see. I think if I had to pick like what I would want, just since we're talking about it, I would definitely go with Blake in the starting lineup and then Malachi off the bench. Um, because, I mean, even at the end of the day, it's like that's just going to give more Blake oppor- give Blake more opportunities. Um, and it's going to give Malachi the minutes that we were talking about that, you know, we were discussing. Maybe we should be giving to him instead of Doug. Um, yeah. So that's kind of what I would say about that. But let's get back to the game flow here, Ethan. So after that first quarter, ended up winning 35 to 34. Not too much defense, um, obviously had a great start. And despite the run that Philly did have after that timeout, we were able to kind of bounce back in the, in the, in the last four minutes or so in the quarter, um, you know, to keep pace with them and, and escape with at least a one-point lead. Um, but getting into the second, um, I'll start this one, Ethan, and then dish it to you. So even start, Wemby was cooking again. Here's when I really started to notice the the Zach deficiencies, though, when I alluded to him having a tough game. We were getting dominated on the boards even when Paul Reed came in. Yeah. And Paul Reed's somebody who's like, maybe he's weight-wise, or even if he weighs a little bit less than Zach, you know, maybe like strength muscle-wise, he's someone who can compete with him. But Zach is, is two inches taller than him. Yeah. Um, you know, and and especially when, you know, they kept Embiid in for the entire first quarter. So that kind of allowed him to bully Zach, you know, really go to work on him. Like I said, there were he, he went to work on Wemby to an extent, but Wemby was able to force a couple misses. Zach just had no shot tonight against Embiid and, and he had to deal with him 
more than usual, I guess I would say. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong on that because the Sixers might just play him that way the entire time. But in most rotations, um, even against like the Nuggets, I don't I don't see him. Uh, I don't see Jokic out there like for the entirety of the first quarter. Maybe I'm just ignorant and y'all can correct me on that. Um, but it was just because they played Embiid the whole first quarter that really made it tough for Zach out there tonight. He he was matched up with Embiid. It almost felt like more than he was matched up with Paul Reed, if that makes sense. And while we're at it, let's go ahead and look at how many minutes Embiid had tonight. He actually didn't have the most. He only had 37. So Maxi had 42 at the most. But that's just kind of what it felt like watching the game. Um, but Zach's in, in, I wrote Zach's interior defense getting exposed again, unfortunately. Embiid doesn't make it easy, but it was even Paul Reed. That's kind of what I just talked about. Um, Wemby got three fouls in this quarter. There was a lineup where we played Blake at the two for just a mm-hmm. little bit next to Trey. That was nice to see. He got a dunk on a on a fast break um, after, I don't know if he got the steal, but somebody got a steal. That was nice to see. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if that happens a little bit more. Um, and then the other thing I had written down was pretty even quarter and beads getting to the line um, and, and the interior. Um and it didn't, as much as this sounds crazy, because he was obviously scoring at will throughout the mm-hmm. entire first half, I didn't realize how many points he had until they said it yeah. at the end of the quarter. And and I think a lot of that does have to do with having 12 free throws. Because if you would have told me, okay, he's got 24, because he had 34 at the end of the uh, the end of the first half, I would have been like, okay, that makes sense. But then when they said 32, I was like, oh my gosh, 32 already. I didn't even realize he had 24 in the first. And maybe that's just because I wasn't counting enough. I don't know. I I think I was just locked in on like the flow of the game. And it was also, we still won the first quarter. That's probably why I wasn't thinking about it as much. Um, But those were just, it, it really, like when they said that, it really settled in like how much of a problem it was. Um, and what you and I both had written in our notes in the first quarter. But the last thing I had written down in this quarter was all things considered being down four isn't too bad when you can't stop and beat. That's a great point to end on and then start with. So I, I know MB dominated from start to finish, but at the same time, the Spurs didn't play that bad. Like every negative that we say here, take with a grain of salt. Cause we, we still only lost by 10, like, this is one of the best teams in the East. Most people have them going to the finals, especially if they're able to make a move at the trade deadline. So for the Spurs to maintain either a lead or be within, like, 5-10 to 10 from pretty much the whole game um, was, was fairly impressive. And I think that our effort, our focus, was definitely higher tonight than in the previous game against Washington, like you alluded to. Uh, my second quarter notes are pretty short and simple to the point here, Jude. Second chance points for the Sixers. Slight shooting slump for the Spurs. Zach Collins cannot defend <laughs> Joel Embiid, or for that matter, Paul Reed. You're right. He he was getting outclassed tonight in pretty much every way. Um, and I'm going to come back to that point. Foul trouble for Wemby did not help either in this quarter. I think he got his third foul. We had to sit him for a majority of it, which forced Zach back out there to defend Joel Embiid. Um, and, and I continue, I know I say this every podcast for the past two weeks, I continue to love Blake Wesley. Um, I, I know, again, he's not putting up great numbers in the box score, only six points, two assists, two rebounds, one steal. But the statistic that stand out the most is zero turnovers. Pretty sure he's only had like one 
in, in each of the last like five games that he's actually played. So he's playing under control. He's not flustered out there. He missed both threes that he took, but that's not really his specialty yet. That will come. But it's his ability to make the right pass, the extra pass, the maturity, and the defensive pressure that I like most from Blake Wesley. And I, I know they were force-feeding Embiid um, and Tyrese Maxey still shot efficiently at 7 for 15, 18 points. That's kind of an off night for Maxey. No, me, that is. He, that he, is. He's on my fantasy team, and he's someone I can pretty much – always depend on to get 25 to 30 a night. So for him to be managed at 18 points, um, I'll take that from Blake. I think Blake's defensive versatility has really been showcased lately. Uh, but going back to Zach Collins, man, I think we might as well get this point out of the way, Jude. I know it was a tough matchup for him, but to, to shoot seven times and miss all seven shots of those seven, five or threes, uh, he was minus 10 in the box score, had six rebounds, four assists. His facilitating has never been a problem. Even on yeah. his worst nights, we can at least depend on him getting four to eight assists a game. Like There was, much not to interrupt you, but there was there was a great backdoor pass that he had to Keldon on yes. a, a up-and-under layup that sticks out in my mind. He had a couple great ones like that tonight, and, and, and he'll always have that ability, especially when the lineup surrounds him with great off-ball movers like Chetty and Doug. Um, however... If he's not going to hit his shots or be a low post threat, there's really no sense in playing him over Don Barlow. And, and I still think we need to give, give Zach a few games. Um, but what's the knock against Dom? He's not really a great low post score yet. He can't hit the three, and he's not a good of a passer. But he's more physical. He's a better rebounder. He's a better rim protector. And right now, that's that's one of our biggest weaknesses, I would say. So it's something that will need to be addressed. Again, I think we should give him a couple more games to prove himself, but he needs to start hitting some shots with consistency. Um, You know, tonight's a tough example because I don't know how much better like Barlow does tonight. You know what I mean? Um, especially right. Especially against Embiid. But does he take five threes and miss them all? Yeah, he doesn't. One. And, and the other thing is, is I think he also gets a mid-range jumper. I think he hits a couple shots tonight, too, you know, yeah. um, that, that he probably finds in the flow of the offense. Yeah. Um, we saw Jason earlier. He said Barlow should get some Collins minutes, was hitting some corner threes. He did He did hit a corner three last game. Um and he has hit like a handful of threes since we've given him minutes. That's not really his game. His his offensive game is going to be more in the mid range or you know on a pick and on a pick and roll on a cut, um, you know, or a, a little bit of a pop shot. Um, but I, I get where you're coming from. You know, tonight it, it really like when when we were still getting out rebounded on the second chance points like on those where it just felt like against MB tonight, guys were fighting as much as they could, you know, two on one, three on one, and Embiid was just too big for him. Mm-hmm. When Paul Reed came in and the same thing was happening, that really stuck out like a sore thumb. And then when you combine that with all of the threes that he took tonight being wide open and and missing all of them, that's that's kind of the, the difference of when you have him in there. As much as this is way oversimplifying it, Mm-hmm. If he hits three of those, it's a, it's a different game in the fourth quarter. Yeah, That's yeah. way oversimplifying things because mm-hmm. Embiid's going to still do his thing. 
But I mean, if if he hits at least like even if he only hits two of those, like that when we're cutting it to single digits, it's like five, you know, or six instead of instead of nine, you know, with about two minutes left. The latest comment, too, from Vane Stain is valid. Right. Arlo will be bullied and have a lot of fouls, especially against MB tonight. Like that's right. That's completely valid. It's just Mm -hmm. uh, if, if these kind of games continue to stack up for Zach. I don't remember Dom, and maybe maybe this is just me with Dom Barlow colored glasses on. I don't right. remember him having a game this bad when he was in the rotation. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, the worst game I saw from him was the Atlanta game. Um, and, you know, that's obviously not the same situation. True. Um, they that's have, the biggest thing. Yeah, they, right, but... I mean, we'll, we, I think we just need to give him more time. We could, we could talk about this forever, Ethan, True. but I think that the key to what you said is at the end, this is just something that kind of makes that brings that argument and that thought back into our mind frames again. Um, you know, if he can, cause the last game I said against the wizards, I was like, when he's playing the bench, his interior defense looks a lot better. Obviously there's a giant difference between the Wizards and the Sixers. Um, the, yep. the Wizards are us and the Sixers are contenders, you know, True. potentially. Um, but if this type of stuff, if, if we continue to see stuff like this against other teams where it's not, you know, where it's Paul Reed-like, yeah. then, then I think, you know, maybe that conversation that we first had way back when, when Barlow came in, I think, against the Bucks and had a really solid game, um, maybe that'll come to fruition. I, I it's tough for me to make a decision on this one because like especially tonight like the the same thing's going to happen yeah. to Barlow, maybe even worse. He's smaller than Zach, just bluntly. Um but the effort and and the physicality on the interior, I do feel like I might have seen more fight from Barlow tonight at times. And I understand that Zach was beat down mentally in that situation, but when that extends to when Paul Reed comes in, that's when it that's when it really gets tough for me. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Good point. And and that's what Vainstein says here at the at the end of this. He says Barlow would clean the boards though, and that's what I meant by him like fighting on the boards. Um, and Zach's def- defensive rebounding tonight was so bad, and I I can't disagree with that because there were just times he didn't even try. Mm-hmm. And it's like, look, if you're just getting beat every play. You know what I mean? But you're giving effort. It's like, I can live with that. But there were some times tonight. And like I said, I know it's a really tough situation. But if you we could talk about this forever. If you watch the game, I think you know exactly what we're talking about. I think let's give him the rest of the the week and probably even next week. We'll see what he can do. This, this is the last thing that uh, I will also mention. Two Clutch Corey in here, a SSPN oh. OG. He says, we really missing Bassey. And you know what was tough tonight? Julian Champagny, even though it wasn't a crazy game, he, he had a solid game tonight in his return, his his triumphant return from the Delaware Bluecoats to, to Philadelphia. The Delaware mm. Bluecoats are the Sixers G League team, even though they're not in the same state. It was his triumphant return to Philadelphia, at least the Sixers organization. And it would have been Bassey's where he would have looked like uh, Embiid did tonight, just like he did in the G League. You know what? You're good point bringing up Julian Champagny real quick. Like, I know we're, we're kind of joking about Bassey might have had a revenge game too, but yeah. And that's not like 
Agreed. We we would could have used Bassie's physical strength tonight for sure. Wouldn't have changed a lot. I'm just no, joking. No, no. But <laughs> but Champagny had two threes in the first quarter, didn't play, and then hit one in in trash time in the fourth quarter. He only had 15 minutes tonight. Where where, where did my boy go? Did they just like stop playing him? Yeah, I think they gave a lot of those minutes to Doug. Because look, Doug's at 22. Doug at 22, three for nine. Like, hmm. I don't know if I agree with that decision there, Jude. I don't know if I do either. It's, I mean, I, I understand Zach, or not Zach, but Doug can uh, can laser sometimes, like we said in the last post game. But, um, you know, when it comes to defense and stuff, um, I agree. But, you know, I, I feel like that happens with some games with Champagny, though, Ethan. I feel like if we really, like, locked into the Julian Champagny season, we would see more of these, but we just don't pay attention to him enough to notice. You're probably right. You're probably very right. <laughs> it just, I just think Doug got, got more minutes tonight. I, I think that's the answer. Cause when you, I mean, when's the last time Doug's got 22 minutes, he got more minutes and well, a little bit of this has to do with Keldon going out. Um, that that's another thing. Cause I was going to bring up Keldon and I know we're kind of stopping here at the midway point, Ethan, but since we're talking about the box score, we might as well. Yeah. Um, when I was looking at this, I was like, man, Keldon really had a rough, rough game. But I forget that that he got freaking stitches midway through the game. And and I know that's not like a complete excuse because if Keldon has a better game tonight, you know, that's another thing. I was If I'm going to criticize Zach for going 0 for 5 from 3, I've got to criticize Keldon for going 0 for 4 and 4 yep. from 12 overall. Um, but because he got stitches mid-game, I give him a little bit of a mulligan. I give him less excuses. I give, you know, less excuses than the uh the Celtics game a couple games ago. For sure. The the most glaring statistic for me from Keldon, like I know he shot 33% from the field, but zero free throws. You gotta get If you're even game, you're a bull in China shop, that's your specialty is slashing to the rim. Like you you gotta you gotta be able to draw a foul. Yeah, it's, and, and that would have been really helpful in this game. So that's another thing where we, we really, you know, we got to hope that after that bounce back, this wasn't what you wanted to see. But also when you get stitches midway through the game, yeah, um, that's true. I, I, I just give you a little bit, <laughs> a little bit of some leeway there. Um, but that's another tough thing on the stat sheet. Um, but that's a big reason why the whole reason I brought this up, that's a, another big reason why Doug McDermott got 22 minutes tonight because Kelvin had to go out. Yep. Agreed. But moving on to this third quarter, Ethan, I will dish it to you to give us your breakdown. Oh man. I mean, it, it was pretty much same ingredients of Joel Embiid continuing his domination. We lost a quarter 42 to 31. Um, first note I have is feels like this is the first game for Wemby that he's guarded the big man and that big man was actively attacking him and getting inside position. Um, Joel felt unaffected by his height and length, which also feels like a first part of that is because of his foul trouble and Wemby needs to be, to be better in that category. There were a number of times that he was jumping for no reason or swiping low at the ball. Sean Elliott hates it when bigs pick at the ball low and rather than it's at his apex because it's always going to be called a foul. So had he not been in foul trouble, maybe it's a different story, but um, Joel Embiid was really ragdolling with Benyama, and I'm glad that Pop continued to put him 
on Joel Embiid because this was a great learning experience yeah. for him. And usually in situations like this, he would guard like the four. Like he'd be on Kelly Oubre or something, and we would try and move somebody on, on, to guard Embiid. But unfortunately, we don't have anybody else <laughs> that can match up physically with Embiid, so he got the matchup. Um, just, uh, it's not necessarily a huge knock because everybody in the league gets cooked by Joel Embiid, um, but just an interesting change of pace and it didn't affect him offensively thankfully he still had 33 7 2 assists still managed to get a couple blocks um but when Embiid has 70 it's something you know that we can go back and watch this film and hopefully he can learn from it um and the only other note that I had of specific like a specific note was at the end of the third quarter KJ had a fast break and he had Doug McDermott wide open on the left side for three and Doug was calling for it profusely and KJ just didn't throw it to him. And he took that like weird, like he lost the ball, I think, and kind of just pushed it up and it almost went in to his credit, but I don't understand why he didn't throw it forward. Yeah. Um, I've, I'm seeing it in the comments a little bit too. And when I talked about Doug, I didn't even mention this, but three for nine from him tonight. Um, and, and the tough thing was, is there were, there were two wide open threes in the corner that we hit him like on the yeah. same possession back to back that he missed. And then there were two on the right wing late when I believe it was a single digit game where we got it to him twice and he just missed him. And I know that this will, this will happen. There's going to be a game like this from Doug. I feel like when I look in my memory banks from last season, this happens from time to time with him. Like, yep. like Devin had a rough game, you know, earlier this year shooting wise, but this was just, the like worst game for for that to happen at the times that he missed the shots those were those were tough because it felt like they were great looks and exactly what you wanted um and 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 you know good passes from guys one of them was a great pass from jeremy kind of facilitating the offense um so they they just kind of felt like they felt like kicks to the uh you know what because you loved the shot you loved the offense but you know the dude who always executes on his best thing unfortunately, you know, had had some rough misses tonight in, in the situations that they were. That's why they kind of, you know, lingered. But, you know, I don't want to criticize Doug too much. He actually had five boards tonight. That's pretty nice. Um, mm-hmm. Not that that makes up for everything, but I, it, like I said, these games are going to happen, you know, for, for any shooter from time to time. It's just unfortunate, the situations that they happened in tonight. Yeah. Um, and then when you were talking about... Uh, just Wemby and Embiid and, and, you know, the way that he kind of got bullied a little bit tonight, you know, as, as much as you're absolutely right on everything, has he played anybody like Embiid yet? Has he really? Uh, Anthony Davis, uh, Giannis. That's uh, true. I, I wouldn't say that a, I wouldn't say AD have, have we played the Nuggets yet? I think so. Have we not? I could be wrong on that. I might just be misremembering it. I, I feel like we maybe played one game against them, but maybe, I don't know. I'd have to go look back at the schedule. But Giannis, Giannis, yeah. But I feel like Giannis's game is a little bit different than in Joel's. We, we played. Did. did we go on the road? Yeah, in Denver. Yeah, okay, yeah. I do remember that. Um, Jokic had 39 and 11 and 9. <laughs> But I don't remember if he guarded them. But see, that's the other thing. Was he still playing the four then? That, he was, because Zach see, was playing the five. So that's the other thing. It's kind of hard to evaluate. I feel like this... I feel uh, Giannis is a good example, and, and AD to an extent too, but I, it's personally, sorry if 
this offends anybody. I'm not saying 80s even, you know, um, I'm not saying he's not an all-star. Like these are, the, I'm being very nitpicky when it comes to the tiers here, but I, I do, as a, at, at this point in their careers, I kind of feel like Embiid's a little bit of a different animal than AD. Obviously, AD's still an all-star level player, champion, et cetera, et cetera. Did, did AD win an MVP in New Orleans? No. No, okay. So that, I guess I would say, is the difference, is Embiid has an MVP. Um, True. And then with Giannis, I just kind of feel like the play styles are a little bit different. And I feel like that like fits Victor a little bit more because they sure. both use their length and stuff. So, I mean, I guess I could say he hasn't played Joel Embiid yet. But when it comes to what I was thinking about, Ethan, when watching this game and watching Embiid score 70, as much as I was wrong about it, uh, this was the type of stuff that kind of scared me coming into preseason in, with Victor playing center. I don't think it's the wrong decision whatsoever. We've we've it, it's very obvious that we're playing much better since we've moved Victor to center from the four. But this was the type of stuff that that made me a little bit worried about him playing there. But also, it's his rookie season. When he gets more weight on him in three four years, I think this is going to be a much more competitive matchup. This is just one of those welcome to the NBA moments where he you know I mean he's playing an almost three hundred pound. Cameroonian monster, you know, who's just coming at you every play. And to be fair to Wemby, um, Wemby was also in foul trouble. And before he was in foul trouble, they were pretty much back and forth, back and forth, evenly scoring. And he finished with nine less minutes than Wemby. I'm not saying Victor was going to have 70, but had he not been in foul trouble, it might have been a little bit closer than it was. Somebody said earlier, if he wasn't in foul trouble, he could have had 40 tonight. And, and I think that's completely reasonable. Um, and the other thing is, like, we're talking about all this. This is Wemby's career high, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Or no, Wait, no, 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 you're right. You're right. Yeah. I, I thought I heard that on the Sixers broadcast. But as soon as I said that, I'm like, we literally made a video about that. So let me stop. Um, and that was on the road, too. But still, it was one of his highest, probably his third 30-point game of the year, I believe. I don't know. I, we could go into the specifics of the numbers. Regardless, he had 33 tonight. It was one of his best scoring games of his young career so far. And as much as, you know, it's all going to get overshadowed with that, most of those points were scored on Zach Collins. The only person, despite Wemby getting got by Embiid a lot, <laughs> he was also the only person on the team who could get him to miss a shot, too. Um, so I, I want to commend him for doing his best. And, and trying to match the scoring, you know, just under the circumstances there, the, he offensively, he did a lot well tonight. And like that one up and under that he had, or not up and under, but I don't even know how to describe it. He was basically like standing still on Embiid and he just like, like, yeah. Land. And he, and he yeah. just put his left hand around him and, and dropped it in. So he got Embiid a couple times, obviously not as much <laughs> as Embiid got him. Um, but as much as that's the talking point of this game, this is still one of Bemby, Wemby's best offensive games of the year, and I don't want that to be forgotten. Well said. Agreed. Let's get into this fourth quarter, though, Ethan. I didn't have uh, too much written down here, um, but give me give me what you had. Mm, it just felt like a little bit sloppier than what we were playing the first three quarters, some bad entry passes. Um and obviously Embiid continued to cook and 
the only other specific game note I had, Jeremy can't pass on that three in the corner where he was wide open because he had just made one of the possession before. Yeah. And then he got it in the same spot and he like was drove inside, drove inside and kicked it out. But the possession after that possession, he got it again, same spot. And he took that one. He missed that one. But I was like, you got to have the mental fortitude to take that second one where he was wide open. Yeah. And you know, he, he, he looks good from three to start. I believe he started two for two when we Mm -hmm. started out pretty hot. Um, you know, his, his three point shootings, as much as it's not high volume, um, the volume is increasing over the season and we're still seeing an improvement overall from last year. So if he can continue to take those, those improvements every season, um, that's going to be a really good thing for his development moving forward. Um, here's what I had written down in the fourth quarter. The first thing I wrote down is feels over. Um, and that had a little bit to do with kind of how the Sixers ended the third quarter as well. Yeah. Uh, I wrote down Devin fighting. This is very early in the quarter. Um, doing enough to hang around at the nine minute mark. That was kind of the, the theme throughout the quarter as well. Uh, we cut their lead to 12 when Joel went out and then he came back in at the, the six minute mark. Um, we did get in the bonus. That was that was another yeah, thing. In the third quarter, let me go back to the third quarter for a second. We were in the bonus like eight minutes left in the quarter, and yep. we still still lost by eleven. Like that was tough, and we gave up forty two in that quarter. Um, we lost the third quarter against against the Wizards, right? Yes. Yeah, and I I know this game isn't. It's it's hard to use as an example for our third quarter, just with the way that Embiid scored. Um, but still, that's kind of tough after the way that that went and, and giving a, it was the most points we gave up in any quarter. Um, and then on top of that, you were in the bonus for the majority of it. Like mm. that's really tough. But there were a lot of fouls in that third quarter. That's why it took us forever uh, to get on the stream, and the game was was so much longer. Um, the game didn't end until 8.30, and normally we set these streams for two hours and, and a half after uh, the tip time, and normally we finish with, like, 10 minutes at least to spare. And like I said, tonight, the game didn't even end because of the fouling and teams being in the bonus, um, mainly in the third quarter, but you saw it a little bit at the end of the fourth quarter, too, uh, because of, like I said, the way they were calling it. Um but Jeremy hit a three that cut it to 11 with six minutes left. Then Trey got hurt. Um, and then, I, like I already said earlier, Embiid, because they were force-feeding Embiid and just like there was even a pass. I had the Sixers broadcast. When Daniel House took that shot and missed, <laughs> they were like, why are you not <laughs> – why are you taking that? Like everybody was like, just pass it to Embiid. That's all they wanted to do. That created a couple turnovers for us, allowed us to get it to nine. Um, but it, even when we got it to nine, it, it just never felt like it was really in reach because at the end of the day, I knew Embiid was going to get free throws or hit a jumper or something. Yep. Sums it up pretty well. Well, any, any other final notes on this game, Ethan, before we close this box score? Um, just to address a couple comments about this game, obviously Malachi Branham did not play. Uh, I think last game he only had four minutes. This game he had zero. Jude and I discussed it a little bit. Kind of feels like Pop's sending a message to a young guy who maybe has grown accustomed to getting pretty consistent minutes. Um, 
Blake Wesley's been playing well. He deserves some minutes. Pop said it himself. What you're going to get from Blake is solid playmaking, really solid defense, aggressive defense. You're not going to get a lot of scoring, but you'd think that that wouldn't be a problem with Keldon and Zach now on your bench unit. So it's kind of two things, I guess. We don't necessarily need his scoring off the bench right now, uh, you know, theoretically, if everyone plays up to par. And Blake West has kind of taken them because of his defense. So is what it is. Vane Stain just put it exactly like you did. He said Branham's poor defense has run him out of playing time. Um, and that obviously, I mean, Malachi still has he's got he's gonna get another opportunity. It's gonna be interesting to see how this all plays out. I was texting you um before the game, you know, wondering if maybe this is, you know, we're giving Doug these minutes to increase his trade value. Um but there's also just some like structural offensive things as much as the second half of this game wasn't as pretty. We mentioned it, you know, earlier in the game flow, how that lineup with Blake, Doug, KJ, Shetty and and Zach um, offensively, at least there's a lot of good things that you can see there because you can have Doug doing his off ball movement and then you kind of have Shetty and Keldon spacing the floor. But the thing is, a lot of times if you know, some maybe the, if the shot's not there for Doug, that's going to allow the set, the next option in the set or the next phase of it, however you want to describe it, like Keldon or Shetty might cut um, or use their playmaking. Anyways, it, it's hard to describe, but the best way that I can probably put it or an easier way that you can digest it is they play off of each other well. I liked how the spacing, when you, when you add Doug in there and then you can kind of let chetty and kj be able to do their dribble drives and stuff like that and then you've got malachi and zach kind of as the co-facilitators for that Not lineup malachi, blake. Or, or thank you yeah blake blake and zach is the co-facilitators there um i really liked how that looked structurally um but also at the end of the day when we look at the future of this team and zach being or excuse me doug being on an expiring contract um i i do still see kind of go back to what we talked about in the wizards game that i that i probably would like to see malachi have his minutes um but as we get closer to the deadline that'll all get answered um and maybe it's just that we don't even move anybody and this is just a lesson from pop like you said and in a couple games the backcourt is is uh is blake and malachi and then we just see some spot minutes from doug like we had been really the whole season prior this wouldn't be the first time Bob's done something like this to send a message. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Want to give another comment from our guy, Gorilla Gorilla, always in here. It's two different gorillas if y'all are on podcast form and, and you can't see it. Um, he said, word out of the locker room is that Trey Jones is fine from San Antonio News Express reporter Tom Osborne. So that is really good to hear because that looks like something that could maybe keep him out a couple games. I hope it's true because we'll definitely need him against uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah. Um, so I mean, and even if they say he's fine, that he yeah, could still yeah, be, yeah, he could still he, miss games. He could still miss a game or two. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you just reminded me we're playing OKC next. But honestly, I'm, honestly, sorry to cut you off. No, Someone said ahead. it earlier too. Uh, Blake might be just a better matchup for for defending SGA. I mean, I know SGA is an MVP caliber player, so he's not going to stop him. No. But defensively, he's more versatile and, and more physically able to match up with SGA. 
for sure. For sure. Um, hmm. There was something else I felt like I was going to bring up. I guess really, I think it's just the Malachi thing, but we already addressed it. Mm -hmm. So I think it'll just be interesting to see, you know, uh, what we do at the deadline with, with guys like Shetty um, and, and Doug, because we've seen a little bit of rumors from them. And I saw somebody else mentioning that in the comments as well. Um, I hope we keep Shetty. He's on an expiring contract too. Yeah. Um, but that could, that could impact our lineups as well, because if we are planning on doing that, that could, that could also be the answer, but really we're just going to have to see how it plays out. We could sit here and speculate and talk about all these different scenarios, but I saw we'll just, someone earlier we'll say uh, we could, to your point, maybe we dust off Devontae Graham and let him <laughs> chuck up a couple threes. I'm so glad you mentioned that I, because that was one I saw earlier too. And <laughs> as much as that's a joke, actually though, that, that could be a thing. I mean, if, 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 uh, if Malachi's really in the doghouse like that right now, Maybe we see Devontae off the pitch next game if if Trey ends up having to sit out. Hell, he might even start. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Look, well, if Devontae's out there, all I got to say is just keep shooting. Keep shooting, sniper. <laughs> shoot or shoot. Throw them boys up. This was the other thing that I wanted to talk about that, that mm. was kind of eluding me in the Spurs verse. Musashi's life says, when does Wemby get off his minutes restriction? I wish I had an answer for you. Um, I believe the last time we addressed this in one of the recent episodes, I don't mm -hmm. know which one it was, you said that uh, I think sometime this week. I thought it, it was supposed to be. It was. That's week. just what Pop said. Yeah. So it is Monday, so maybe we'll see, maybe Wednesday. They announced that he's off his minutes restriction for the, the Thunder game. Um, he did have 28 tonight, which is a little bit more than he's been having. I know it kind of sometimes has hovered around 27 as well, but he's also had like some 22-minute games too. Yeah. Um, so I think it's trending in that direction, but it might not be this week. That's probably what I would say. We'll see. If it's up to Wemby, he's playing 40 minutes against uh, Chet Holmgren on Wednesday night. For sure, for sure. The one thing, as much as I was like, oh God, we're playing the Thunder this this next game, that's still going to be a way better matchup than this one. Yes. Like, even if we end up losing by 20 in that game because they just outshoot us, like, it's going to be a completely different game than this one. And I'll feel less defeated because I know that it's not just going to be Embiid just getting whatever he wants every single possession. Well, I don't know. SGA uh, might go crazy. <laughs> Didn't we have it? We played them close earlier in the year, though, right? Was it preseason we played them? No, I think we played them in an in-season tournament game. Let me. Oh, let you're me, right. You're right. Me. And we lost. I remember Jeremy had a flagrant foul on Chet Holmgren. Chet acted like he wanted to fight. <laughs> it wasn't close. Let me no, stop. They blew us out by forty. I don't know why I thought that was close. One twenty-three to eighty-seven. I must have been thinking of the uh, the Minnesota game when we played them close in the in-season tournament game at the beginning of the year. That's right. I forgot about that. I don't know why I thought that we played OKC close. They beat us 123 to 87. So maybe it's worse, but maybe we go for some get back too. And real quick, just to answer this question, because I realized we didn't actually give a context uh, for anyone who didn't know or didn't watch the game. Trey Jones kind of twisted his ankle. It looked like kind of fell to the ground on a fast break. We were trying to get back in transition. He kind of ran into it. Was it Daniel House? I can't remember who it was, and then just fell down and 
had to hobble off the court and was like hopping on one leg and had to sit down really fast. He looked like he was in a lot of pain. Um, but the word out of the locker room is apparently that he's fine, quote unquote. Yeah. We will see. Hopefully ha- we have him for that Wednesday game um, because it would be nice to at least make that competitive. That's going to be my goal for this Wednesday game. As much as it's a big ask, I'm going to I'm gonna challenge the Spurs, Ethan, to just make it competitive, to just Agreed. be in the game with under five minutes left. And it would help if, if Wemby could just statistically outplay Chet Holmgren for all those people that say he's the rookie of the year. And as much as the Thunder are a way better team than us, oh, and, sure. and, and I just completely re-humbled myself completely. <laughs> when, when I just went and looked at the score. Um, uh, one of, Somebody in the comments said we did play him close in the preseason, but the preseason was completely different as we've seen this season play out. The one thing I will say is that was with the old lineup. So this will be True. the first time they're playing them with this lineup. So maybe that'll help a little bit with defensive rotations, but at the end of the day, uh, the thunder are really good. So if they do blow us out, I won't be surprised, but I'm still going to challenge the team to, to be competitive. I think they have it in them. Let's go Blake lock up, baby. <laughs> we appreciate you guys hanging out with us tonight. I can't believe this was a 50 minute post game yeah. in an L, but I think just the historicalness of Embiid, made us kind of talk about that at the beginning. Um, but don't forget to hit the like and the subscribe button below if you enjoy the content. And if you want to stay updated with everything, be sure to follow us on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, at SSPN on YT, at Jude McLaren, and at Ethan underscore Quintero. We'll catch you guys later. Go Spurs go. See y'all.